Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz, the silent assassin, still missing in action. Although I did see him this week. He texted me to say uh, happy Halloween. He came and saw me on Halloween because he knew that uh, I was going to have my haunted yard going. So uh, he came by and helped out with that for a little while. And we had a good time. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. The The weather turned just in time for us to put out the big display. I had my strobe lights going and... The spooky sound effects and everything. and Adam's costume looked great. Yeah, he did a good job uh, making himself into a zombie. And uh, he, you know, really helped out this year. You know, for the first time, he wasn't a cute character. So when we have the haunted yard, he can actually jump out there and, and be part of, you know, scaring everybody. And I had everything set up perfectly so that people had to walk up to the front door and then, you know, knock on the front door. And when nobody answered, I would jump out of the bushes wearing this big scary mask and but it's it's worth it because you know you're going to get scared going up to our front door but we give out full-size candy bars so it's kind of a fair deal i didn't get one trick-or-treater well that's because you live in the middle of nowhere (laughs) but if i had known that you didn't have any i would have at least come down and make you feel good uh my driveway is scary enough never mind just being out on halloween you and i'm having problems with my car so you'll never see me down that driveway (laughs) again but, uh, you know, it would have been nice, though, if you actually had candy, just in case any trick-or-treaters showed up. I did. Oh, okay. It's usually usually uh, the candy's in his van. That's how he lures everybody. Hey, little girl, want a candy bar? Talking to you, Luann. All right, uh, we are joined tonight by our guest uh, who is here with us in the studio. We have uh, Luann Jolie, and she's writing uh, her first book under the name uh, A.E. Angel. We'll get into that a little bit later on uh, as well, but... We're excited to have her here. You've heard her on the show before, usually by telephone. And uh, you've seen her in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And now she's an author. She's got her first book out, Dead Whispers. Congratulations on that, Luann. Thank you. And uh, it was absolutely uh, a long time coming for you because I know that you've had this percolating in your head for quite a number of years. For as long as I've known you, you know, you've had this story to tell. And it was just a matter of finding the right outlet for it. And uh, I think... Being able to share your own personal story and what you've gone through uh, in your life and also include this amazing talent that you have uh, as well. It makes for a fascinating read, and I think people are really, really going to not only learn about yourself and about your investigations, but kind of about how the paranormal should work when it's done right, you know, the investigation of it when it's done right. Thank you. Um, I mean, actually, that brings up the review. Um, I don't, some, I guess, would like it to be more technical, but... Um, I also wanted it to be fun, you know. There's there are rewards in this, and a lot of people go out there and and hunt ghosts for the fun of it, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're doing it safely, I, I encourage that. Well, part of the problem though is you'll realize this. I've I've written a few of these now, and you're going to realize that not everybody is going to be happy with what you've done. You know, there's some people that are just going to go out there, and no matter how you wrote it, they're going to just say that the opposite of it would have been better. 
Well, isn't that how it always is? And there's so many technical books now about how to capture electronic voice phenomena and how to investigate for the paranormal that, you know, that you don't need to have that. You know, you need to have the person's personal story. You need to have the person's personal encounters with the paranormal to be able to put it into context. You can read five books that tell you how to go out there and capture evidence. And uh, and I think Chris Balzano wrote all five of them. But... <laughs> You know, you'll have these books that tell you the method, but you don't have enough of the stories that tell you what happens as a result of the method. And so I think a lot of people are going into this uh, with how-to manual in hand, and they're not putting it into perspective before they get out there in the field. And that's the main way that you're going to learn is by seeing somebody else's successes and sometimes mistakes as well. So... we're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about some of the EVPs that you've captured. We're going to play some of them. And uh, some of these, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time now and, uh, you know, doing the show. And I've heard a lot of electronic voice phenomena examples in my time. And some of these ones kind of send a shiver down my spine a little bit. Especially right. knowing I was there for some, some <laughs> And some of the, uh, Some of them were directed at you. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to turn... Uh, a lot of the familiar EVPs that you've heard us play on the show and in some of our presentations and, you know, when we've gone out and, and, and shared some stories of the spooky South Coast, uh, we've become known for a few of the ones that you provided us from that investigation. And uh, we're going to turn things around. We're going to kind of turn those on their head a little bit later on. So uh, if you think you know the, the Lizzie Borden EVPs, you might not. So uh, we'll play those coming up in the second hour. Also in the second hour, we're going to tell you about a brand new uh, channel for Spooky South Coast, a brand new podcast channel. We've got Spooky TV now on SpookySouthCoast.com. If you're not familiar with it, if you listen to the podcast, which, you know, thank you to all the new listeners, the numbers are just ridiculous. Like, my wildest dreams of what this show could be, these numbers are far exceeding that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We're talking, like, millions of downloads in October alone. How many? Over a million. Okay. And I put up on the website that we've had over a million downloads since we started in 2006, and that was true. Uh, You know, 300 and something episodes times, you know, a base number of, you know, whatever uh, would definitely equal over a million. But looking at some of these numbers and seeing the fact that we've gone over a million just since the beginning of October is ridiculous. I cannot thank you all enough for listening to our little show and and for showing us uh, that amount of support but now do us a favor (laughs) if you're downloading the show and listening to it go to our website just go there once or twice because we need the web hits because that's the way that we can kind of move things forward here with spooky south coast is by building that online presence we want to get people involved and spooky alternative is our new podcast feed and it's going to have all the other programs that air on spooky tv as well as some that don't. It's going to have some exclusive content as well. So when Chris Balzano and I do Spooky Crossroads on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m., if you don't get a chance to watch it live and you don't want to watch it on YouTube on the archives, you want to just be able to listen to it while you're working out or driving in your car or whatever, it's going to be up there on the Spooky Alternative feed. But there's also going to be some new programming on there as well, and we're going to have Chris come on for a few minutes at the beginning of the second hour and share with us some of those uh, shows and, and ideas that are coming forward. And also... It's wide open. It's out there. It's for the Spooky South Coast family. So does that mean our listeners can put together something small and short and submit it to us? Absolutely. And the great thing about doing it in this podcast format, it can be two hours. It can be 10 minutes. 
It can be anything. If you have some content that you want to provide us and you think that it's worthwhile and it's something that people want to listen to, you can send it along. So we'll talk about that with Chris. But Yeah, so it's like a listener-submitted section. Uh, not necessarily, no. This is going to be all uh, fresh content from Spooky South Coast and from a lot of the people that are associated with the show. But the opportunity is there for people to kind of do their own thing. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you can send us a you know a five minutes of you talking about what happened on the latest episode of Ghost Hunters. But if listeners out there feel like they have content that would be worthy of a show, maybe they have a field report they want to submit, maybe they have uh, a few minutes of a, of a discussion on a case that they've worked on, things like that. We'll talk about it with Chris because it's really his baby, and we'll talk about a lot, a lot of the ideas that he has uh, for this. But it's, it's really going to be taking things to a whole new level because now instead of just getting the flagship show here, you're going to be able to get some content on a deeper level. Sometimes, because we are limited by, by radio here, you know, we are on terrestrial radio, so we can't say certain things. Uh, you know, we try to present a fair and balanced program, which I think is why those millions of people are listening to the program, because we don't step all over the guests. And we don't offer a lot of our own opinions, but this spooky alternative channel will give us the formula to do that. So uh, it'll it'll definitely be a whole new uh, outlook and a whole new way of taking the spooky South Coast discussion uh, a few steps further. So we'll talk with Chris about that coming up in the second hour. Uh, but if you want to subscribe now, uh, it's it's actually up and out there as an RSS feed. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, along the top of the website, there's a number of icons. And there's now two RSS feed icons at the top. One is for Spooky South Coast and one is for Spooky Alternative. So you'll be able to start subscribing to it that way if you have an RSS reader on your phone, on your computer, however you get those uh, those XML feeds. But uh, it's also been submitted to iTunes. So hopefully in the next couple of days it gets uh, picked up by iTunes and they'll start cataloging the shows because there's two programs out there right now in the feed, one being the most recent episode of Spooky Crossroads and one being a brand new series from Chris Balzano called Voices from the Past where he goes back into his own personal files and presents some of his best cases and discussions. So. Again, Spooky Alternative is the name of that. We'll be talking with Chris about it coming up in the second hour. But I want to get more into the discussion about Dead Whispers. And Luann, when we first started doing this show, I think you called in on the first episode. And you've been with us ever since. Uh, when I mean, back then, we knew that you had a hand in this, that you were out there and you were investigating for the paranormal. But how long have you been working on this prior to you know, discussing it with us here on the show? With Dead Whispers? Well, just with the investigation of the paranormal. I know that you've you've had experiences your whole life. Yeah. Well, I actually started researching it when I was about 20, seriously researching it. And I basically stuck to um, people who had experienced things, not necessarily investigating. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was actually a very good thing for me. You know, I already had a very negative haunt in my life. Um And it's just continued where I said, you know, no matter what I do, where I go, there's always paranormal activity around me. So I belong in the field, and I just kind of went for it and started looking for people to join Willing City Ghosts. And and growing up in the New Bedford, Mass area here, where where we broadcast from, did you feel any kind of sense of community in the paranormal or did you feel kind of isolated? Cause I know at the time, you know, you had a lot of friends overseas and a lot of friends across the country that you'd been communicating with online. But I mean, was there already a base here? Because it, I, I remember when you started really putting together Whaling city ghosts, you were definitely filling a need uh, in the area. 
Yeah, there weren't a lot of teams around here. Um, it, it was kind of prior to Ghost Hunters getting real famous when, you know, because I think they started in, what, 2004 or something the like TV that. The TV show did, You yeah. know, the TV show at least. Um, it, it was after that that it, it just kind of blew up. You mm-hmm. know, it took a couple of years, but then, you know, you've been here too. You know, the paranormal field just took off and right. you were suddenly tripping over teams. But, you know, a lot of teams didn't really last long, you know, so it, it kind of has thinned out a little bit, but you still are kind of tripping over teams. Well, what seems interesting about the way that you and, and Whaling City Ghost does things is that you're not really pigeonholed into one particular way of investigating. You're not really pigeonholed into being, uh, you know, technical investigators with all the equipment. You're not, you know, saying that you're only investigating spiritually with, you know, what you're feeling and how you're able to communicate. It seems like you're bringing together uh, a collection of all different types of approaches. And even then, if somebody has another idea, you're willing to try it. Well, I think that's important because not every haunt is the same. So you kind of have to be open to changing your tactics a little bit. And I I think that the way that we work actually is why our EVP is so good. And um, I do keep us technically as simple as I can because I feel, for one, a simpler system is less likely to fail. Mm -hmm. And another thing, all of these fancy devices that cost so much money out there aren't really proven to do anything either, just like EMF. You know, we we guess and we write it down and we say that it happened, but we don't really know if EMF has something to do with spirits. But, you know, we keep trying just to see if we can prove it because maybe the numbers will match up someday or it'll happen often enough that we can say that this is something solid. But we really, you know, all of the work that we do, we still don't have anything solid, and that's important to me. That's why these these simpler mediums that we use, like recorders, video cameras, digital cameras, things like that, you know, when you see a picture of an apparition that you can't explain, well, that's something that's pretty solid, you know. Um, and there are a few pictures of things that I've captured during my time and that's the kind of stuff that you know it's nice to have because that's more solid than well hey we got an emf reading or hey i was touched on the shoulder you know and i do pretty much stand behind all of my evps i i think they speak for themselves oh they definitely do Uh, and what's interesting too is you'll see a lot of these groups that go out there and they spend tens of thousands of dollars gathering equipment up and they have probably the most impressive arsenal that you'll yeah. ever see. But then they go out and they investigate and they're like, well, you know, we, we haven't really caught anything yet. And they think that it's because their equipment is so high end and because they feel like they have more scrutiny, say, over the stuff that they're capturing that they think that that kind of validates it. You know, and then you have a group like yourself that's able to keep things simple, but then go out there and have all kinds of stuff come out of it. And I really think that it's less and less about whatever gadget you're bringing with you, and it's more about the people that are there. Oh, I definitely think that's why I'm in the field. I I think I'm not just a ghost magnet that things are attracted to. I also think that somehow the people in Wheeling City Ghosts can also be catalysts. So if they're there, they're attracting to us, and somehow our energy, something, is helping them to do these things. When you hear some of these EVPs, because there are some on here that you've never heard before. That There's some from Fahaven that are just intense. I'm too far away. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Um, oh, you were just telling her to talk closer? <laughs> okay. 
breaking down that fourth wall. (laughs) You know, but it's a simpler system. And the other thing that that I prefer, and I'm really kind of a stickler about for my own recordings, is I don't usually attach external microphones with this big range. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you hear the Bob, Bob, Bob one, whatever it is that's talking is speaking right into my recorder because it's a cheap little $30 RCA digital recorder. And it's right there. You can even hear the p- like mm-hmm. it breathing almost into the microphone when you play that one. And, and I'm going to so tell you. So I have to say that, you know, uh, no one was coming up to my my microphone on my recorder and speaking into it. It, it had to be something invisible mm-hmm. to get that close and speak and that was also some of those EVPs that I was talking about during the solar flares intense stuff well I'm going to tell you this right now that if somebody else had submitted that EVP to me and told me that they captured that on an investigation I would think that it was fake anybody except you because I I I know you and I trust you and I've investigated with you and I know your methods uh, it's that good I mean, it really does sound like somebody is just talking directly into the recorder and I, I think that You'll hear a lot of people that will listen to the CD that comes with the book. And what a great format that is to be able to not only read about what you've captured, but to be able to hear it and you have it marked throughout the book so you can play it along. It's almost like one of those read-along books when we were a kid. That's what I wanted. You know, I didn't want it to be technical and boring. I wanted you to feel like you were in Lizzie Borden's house with Mm -hmm. me. Everyone loves Lizzie Borden. That was the first chapter I wrote. And you know I have some great EVP from Mm -hmm. there, you know, and... That was the tone that I wanted for it. And I hope that when people read it, they're actually reading it and trying to hear the EVPs with the book. You know, I know a lot of them are going to go right for the EVPs, but, you know, maybe afterwards go more slowly with the book. And then the EVPs almost tell the story in a way. Right. You know. But you're going to have, hold on, uh, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to attack those EVPs because some of them just are too good. And they're going to say, well, there's no way that those can be legitimate because I've captured EVPs and none of them sound that strong. Well, I think it's a matter of the energy that you bring to an investigation. You're right there. You're holding that recorder. And these spirits are able to use your energy. And we, we've seen you. We, we know that they use your energy on an investigation. Well, the, I'm also very picky about the cases that I take. You know, I don't have a lot of time to waste my time helping people who are having plumbing problems and mm-hmm. things. So when I phone interview, there's just kind of certain things that I'm listening for. And the ones that really seem to need help, you know, people who have children who are being scared, I go, you know. Or if it kind of sounds to me like somebody's got a negative attachment, thing, you know, though I go into more active And I cases. think you have a bit of a sixth sense, too, about which ones really need you to. I, I kind of think so, too. I mean, I tend to stay away from that whole psychic side when I'm discussing the paranormal because I like my credibility to be there. But at the same time, I can't deny the other things. And, well, to me, that's part of the paranormal, too, because isn't it paranormal that someone has something like that that happens Absolutely. time after time again? You know, which this tells a very small part of like the whole lifetime that I've had dealing with entities and ghosts and things just always constantly following me around and following me home. And, you know, um, it's a lifelong thing that I've gone through. So that's, you know, a small chapter, a year in my life when I had 
something that was of a more negative nature in my house, whipping things around, showing itself, you know, whipping baby blocks, things like that, dumping water all over the place. That one, I still don't know where the water came from. But, you know, um, so that part to me is is something that I am also exploring too. But Mm -hmm. when when it comes to ghosts, I tend to just kind of try to stick to those kind of, well, we don't even have any facts really because none of us, you know, but I figure if we have at least some type of set system, which we do actually on investigation, um, you know, it's probably not as obvious to other people and it's a little more intact now because our team is larger. So, you know, we did have to settle things in, get some different procedures going to control a bigger team. But, Mm -hmm. um, I really, I, I really think it's just our team. We, we also have a bond. We're like sisters. Um, and we, I think what we're doing is gaining trust with these spirits. And that's part of why the EVP is, is that good. Because I've, I've sat down and I've talked about EVP a lot. You know, it's one of my things. And I've got thousands of clips you know, there's only less than a hundred on that that CD. There, mm-hmm. some of the best of the best. Some of them I'm not sharing because of the nature of them um, and the private cases, etc. But even if you take half of those EVPs away and you call them radio signals, human error, um, alien signals coming down and you know getting onto my, di- there's still fifty percent of them that you can't explain. Right. You know well, the part about uh, this annoys the heck out of me people saying oh evps are mainly just stray radio signals that is bs i've already talked with all the main manufacturers as well as people like us that are in radio we know recorders are shielded against just such issues and the reason they have to be because it's an fcc law yeah, yeah if you look it right on, on the, the remote the control yeah. Yeah. cars and stuff, it says that this di- device cannot right. interfere with radio signals. It so. says it right on the back of the yeah. digital recorder, right. too. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you this, too. I mean, I'm a sports writer for my job, and I use and I write about more than just sports, too, so I'm constantly using my digital recorders. And I use the same recorders that I use on investigations I use for my interviews, and I do that for a reason. Uh, that being because I can tell you right now, I have never in the course of the thousands of interviews that I've done over the years with these, I have never, ever picked up what could be perceived as an EVP in the course of a regular conversation with people with that recorder. I've only ever picked up electronic voice phenomena when I've been actively seeking it with that recorder. So, And I, I, I know thousands of sports writers you know, over the uh, across the country that I communicate with through different websites and message boards and everything, and none of them, ha- they all know that I'm a paranormal guy. They've never mentioned to me that they've picked up anything on their recorders. Well, the other thing you can point out is uh, I've worked in recording industry for years, mm-hmm. and if, if it was a case of radio signals coming in and things like that, you would have your records filled with chatter and stuff like that. That's generally not possible. Well, there is a I mean, big there, difference there between are the certain devices circumstances, you're using. And I was going to say, there are certain circumstances where it can happen, but it's extremely rare and it involves older equipment and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the stuff that uh, Luann gets is absolutely phenomenal. And the other thing I wanted to mention is there's one other unique thing about your group. Your group is a single gender group. You're all mm-hmm. female. 
We are. Which, and I think that plays a big part in what you get because you do have a lot of, like you said, there's a sisterhood amongst you. And I think that that bond that you're talking about with your group is part of what lends itself to the evidence being so strong that comes out of your investigations. I'll just ask you this. When the team first started, it was two people, right? And, and and really, it was really just you originally, too. And you were out there conducting investigations on your own. But as the team grew, do you find that the amount of evidence has grown? Do you find that the strength of the evidence has grown as that bond has developed further? Well, I think it's partially that. But I, I think we're just getting better at what we do. And it's like we also can feed off of what's going on with each other. You know, if if one of us knows or feels like we need to do a certain thing, the rest of us just automatically start cooperating with what's mm-hmm. going on. You know, if someone thinks of something that has to do to the hist- with the history and starts enacting it out, we'll all play along. Um, but, like, I... I think it's also just that we have gotten better at mm-hmm. what we've what we're doing, and we learn more every day. Just you know, in in the normal process of life, and as together as a team. And you're one of the few groups that I know of uh, that really, really puts an emphasis on the research part of paranormal research. Uh, and, and it's not just about let's look up the latest theories about the paranormal. Let's look up the latest devices. Let's look up the latest techniques. You're looking at the history of these cases that you're taking on probably more in depth than anybody that I know. Well, the history is a big, huge part of what we do. Um, And we really have probably one of the better researchers that I've ever met. Debbie. Debbie. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And we, we take the case apart in a different way now um, because she gives me a map. Um, we also know where the Superfund sites are sitting. There's a lot of haunts sitting on Superfund sites, I have to say. Um, and then, like, you can go back on, on one of our properties to when the natives lived here and what happened there all the way through. And she does it for a big area. So if we've got... You know, one big area, we, we're we starting to, like, pinpoint these haunts on top of the Superfund sites that, you know, I, I almost think, like, you know, th- history happened locally, but the Superfund site is supplying energy somehow right. because they're gravitating to houses that shouldn't be haunted. Um, one of the houses in here, the, the little house in the dark woods, um, I admit, yes, it's on the edge of Copica and the state forest, but it's sitting on top of the Superfund site. It's 20, 25 years old tops. And you listen to the voices in that house. They've got everything. They've got Wampanoag. They've got um, possibly some African over there and goes through all the ages, the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s, coming up to modern day. Let's rock and roll, Scotty, you know. It's it's just incredible. Well, let's let's explain for people who might not be familiar, especially some of our international listeners, what a Superfund site is. A Superfund site is usually where there's some kind of contamination. It could be pretty much anything. Around here, it's the biphenyl carbon... PCBs, yes, polybiphenyl PCB. chlorine. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Go ahead. You're polychlorinated biphenyls. Biphenyls, thank you. 
um, the mercury is very heavy around here, and uh, cadmium, which you probably might know about. It was used yes, in batteries. Yes. and is It's still used nasty. in batteries. Oh. We have a high concentration of mercury sites around here. Yeah. Uh, lead. Are, lead. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest ones around here, believe it or not, that's causing a lot of problems is the pesticides from all of the cranberry bog usage, yeah. over, yeah. at, at least in the Cape area. Certain types of herbicides and pesticides, they cause serious problems and well, stuff. Well, let me ask you this. Some of the uh, contamination that happens in these Superfund sites, what are some of the side effects of people who, who would be exposed to these chemicals? Who would be exposed to them? Yeah. You know, if, Everybody. If, if we're li- no, but I mean, if we're living on top of these Superfund sites that have these chemicals in them, what might be some of the side effects that people would feel from being around this this chemical waste depends upon the chemical um it's chemical dependent uh a lot of the 111 trichloroethene uh, is a compound that used to be used quite regularly in dry cleaning and stuff like that that can cause hallucinations and and you know in accepted concentrations. you see where i'm going accepted concentrations yes i do see where you're going uh, the things like the uh, cadmium and other things that that causes other physical effects now is it because is this what's causing me to get nauseous, you know, and stuff like that? It, the report says you get different chemicals will have different side effects. Yes, I think it's actually causing health problems. The, a few oh, yeah. years ago, they actually had a study going around the New Bedford area, and they explained that you know they came door to door. Um, I actually did cooperate and did do the test with them, but. Um, what they're worried about is Southeast Massachusetts has cancer and heart attacks and heart problems and a lot of health-related problems, and they were trying to figure out what it was. Well, gee, I, I wonder what's helping everyone get cancer and leukemia. Highest concentration of breast cancer in women in, in the uh, eastern seaboard, yes. I, I'm going to take it, though, to a different place with this paranormal discussion and, and, and feel free to, to cut me off if you think that I'm wrong here, but... If one of the side effects is hallucinations, is these nauseous feelings, is these strange feelings, is it possible that some of these haunts are just the side effects that people are feeling from these chemical dumps? And could it also be possible, though, too, that because they are feeling these side effects, that it might make them more open to accepting the fact that the paranormal is there, and it already is? You know what I mean? That it all, it's, I think that it's everywhere and that certain places just have certain factors that allow you to perceive it You're better. You're saying uh, can the chemicals make you more susceptible to the paranormal? Well, A, can it make you mistake? Yes, in high enough concentrations, but that that's what I was trying to get to. The amount it takes of some of these chemicals to make you mm-hmm. uh, hallucinate or feel nauseous and stuff like that is... Uh, a, a pretty significant level, especially like with the 111 trichloroethane. You would be smelling it, heavily smelling it, before, before you, you started, you know, yes. Uh, uh, unless you're what's known as hypersensitive right. to these materials. And it wouldn't be transient, it would be continuous. If if you're stuck in a location that's got it and such a concentrated dose well, that, that you'd you're You'd probably drop dead, too, wouldn't you, if it right. were that high of a concentration? Right, that's my point. Yeah. But, well, but I hope these, that's not that high if they've done a super fund. And these are the questions it. that we ask, though, on this show. You know, we explore every possible angle. Yeah, mercury. 
mercury, as we know, back in the day, used to cause all kinds of problems with people, especially, you know, lose nations, you know, mad as a hatter, as some people have pointed mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Well, I would say probably it's it does come back up, though, even after the Superfund site, because sometimes you have, like, the water that settles down, and then it rains, and you right. kind of bring up the groundwater, you know what Correct. I mean? So Yeah, I used to do a lot of the studies 20 years ago I on don't, some of these things. Yeah, yeah, really. I don't think it's safe. <sighs> it, uh, it's it, given it, us some good haunts, I think. <laughs> what you're talking, talking about is column leaching in a col- water column table. It, exactly. Yeah. It goes down and comes back up. It's depending upon temperature, barometric pressure, you know, uh, a number of different factors. Well, I'm... Uh, I'm yeah, like I'm playing devil's advocate to some degree, but I, I do think that, you know, when you have something like that where there is that connection, you've got to kind of ask the questions of, you know, could there be something? Well, I think that's a possibility of both on that because that's the other thing, too, is like you can't just be set in stone. You know, some people say, well, I believe that EMF has, you know, just for an example, has something to do with ghosts. And mm-hmm. if you try to argue that point, no, no, I'm adamant about this, that, you know, EMF, but. If you only just put yourself in that one-way street, you're never going to find answers. So we have to be open that, yes, people could be hallucinating from conditions or it could be that ghosts are attracted. But if you're getting pictures, if you're getting EVP, is that the chemicals coming up and talking to you? Or is it the fact that you're just able to perceive it better? Uh, because of the effects of these chemicals it's just it's one of the many questions to ponder about it what what i find interesting about the point you just made is that there's a lot of uh people out there who do become tied into uh their equipment or their theories and so they could have a full body apparition standing right in front of them you know making goofy faces at them and because nothing's happening on their emf detector or their melmeter then they're saying well that's not probably paranormal because i'm not getting an emf spike from it well, see, I want real answers, and if I sell myself short and don't look at all the possibilities and all of the questions that are out there, then I may not ever give myself honest answers because, I mean, I've said it before, I wish I could have a reasonable explanation for why they like me so much mm-hmm. and why I went through what I did as a child, Um and if I don't look at every possibility, then I'll never know, will I? So, you know, remaining open may give me real answers. So. And I want to talk about some of that stuff in the second hour as much as you're comfortable with sharing with people. And uh, we'll talk kind of about your haunted life and how it's led into your success, we could say, as an investigator. And we're also going to play some of these uh, EVP clips, and they will blow you away because, uh, I, like I said, I've been listening to this stuff for a long time, and I was there when some of these were captured. And uh, I used to have this this problem i think i talked about it on the backyard podcast um before but i used to have still gotta do another one of those yeah that was a lot of fun uh and we, we gotta invite a lot of people when we do it this time but uh i used to have this problem prior to the show where whenever i talked about well quote unquote this kind of stuff um i had a physical reaction to just talking about it and hearing about it my eyes would water and it it happened to the point where i was nervous about coming in here and doing the show because I thought it was going to happen when I talked about the subject matter on the show, and it never happened. And uh, it's been something that I've kind of been able to, to not have happen to me anymore. When I play these EVPs, waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's strange. I, I don't understand it myself, and I'm a little embarrassed by it, but it's, it's a physical reaction that I had 
uh, to the topic, and and it came back listening to some of these. For some reason, though, any kind of reverse speech always gets me. You know, there's when we did that whole show with our Gary Patterson, and we're playing backwards Beatles songs. I had to keep taking off my headphones because I, I can't. What deal about with it. backwards Iron Maiden? You know, I I have to say this: some of those bands that did that in the '80s, you know, I give them a lot of credit because it was genius what they did. I mean, they were purposely putting the stuff on there just oh, because yeah. they knew, yeah, they they knew that uh, you know. Um, uh, Tipper Gore was playing these records backwards, <laughs> and I just picture her sitting there over the record player, you know, listening to these records playing backwards, and and uh, she thinks that all the drug addicts that are doing it are the weird ones. You know, the weird one is the person that's totally sober and playing records backward. Exactly. Yeah, everybody that's high and drunk that's doing it, we're just like, <laughs> just look at them. They're high and drunk. Don't worry about them. So uh, we'll we'll play some of our uh, favorite rock records backwards uh, later on in the show for you too. Probably not. <laughs> My favorite all time is the Judas Priest. The um, th- they actually got sued uh, over somebody committing yes. suicide uh, because of. So did Ozzy, uh, and, and Ozzy at least got sued because of the song "Suicide Inside Solution." Solutions. But uh, the I forget which song it was that Priest got, you know, uh, sued over. But the the uh, the big threat that came through when you played the song backwards was them saying, "Hey, Ma, my chair is broken." So somehow that led to somebody killing themselves. I don't understand. But, uh, hey, I guess uh, when people want to go bad, they're going to go bad anyway, and they're going to blame anything they can. So uh, and coming up in the second hour, we'll, we'll play some of these clips for you. And if, if you don't like backward speech, uh, then you know turn on your lights <laughs> because uh, these are going to creep you out. And it must creep you out, too, to have to sit there and listen to. You know, it's one thing when you hear the clips, you know, but to listen to a lot of audio backwards again and again. Uh, you know, do you become desensitized to it or does it? I'm definitely desensitized to it. And I just, you know, I've had a long history with it. They're not going to do that to me ever again. You know, it's very seldomly that they creep me out. And sometimes I actually am doing EVP work right before bed and I'll shut the computer off, go to bed and I pass out. (laughs) Now, do they, do you play the entire recorded segment backwards and listen for things or you just play clips that you catch forward and just play those backward there's certain ones that just kind of strike me or sometimes actually uh the one from the history of pope park one that was Mac's idea because he was like it's just so weird forward did you play that one backwards and i was like no i ought to though huh and that was where we got that one turns into why are you standing there and it's actually more clear backwards you hear it better backwards and I think that was really the message because we were standing there. It was just me and Crystal at the time. Well, we'll play some of those clips coming up in the next hour. We're also going to talk with Chris Balzano about Spooky Alternative. It's a, it's a brand new channel to Spooky South Coast, a brand new podcast feed. It's uh, The RSS feed is right up there on SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, you can also get it through iTunes in the next couple of days. You know, once they approve it, there's a little bit of an approval process with iTunes. They're, they're pretty picky. But once they see that, uh, you know, Chris Balzano's name is on it, They'll put it right through. So uh, check that out for sure and uh, listen to some of the programming that's on that. And, and really, like I said at the beginning of the show, we want to thank everybody that's been downloading the show lately. Uh, just ridiculous numbers, more than we could ever possibly hope for. So thank you, thank you. Spread the word. Let everybody know about Spooky South Coast. Thank you also for letting us know where you're from. 
Right. Keep sending those emails. I got four or five of them uh, over the course of the past week. Spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Let us know where you're from, how you found out about the show. Uh, tell us some of your favorite episodes. Tell us what you think we can do better. Uh, tell us what you think we should do. And, you know, if you want us to fire Moniz, we will. If you want to get rid of me, <laughs> tell me to stop talking so much. We can do that. Whatever you want. It's your show. We're just here because somebody has to press the buttons. <laughs> really. That's all we're yeah. here for. So, uh, yeah, email us, spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Hit up our website, please, please. Go to SpookySouthCoast.com. Help us bump up those numbers so that we can uh, you know, sell that, sell that to the advertisers and make a little money here on the show and invest it in even bigger and better products uh, that we have coming up. So new shows, more video, more audio. We're giving you what you want. People have been asking for more. We're giving you more. So uh, just all we ask in exchange is you know, shoot us those emails, visit our site, let us know that you are out there because we know you're out there. We just want to know who you are. And, you know, if, if any of you are, uh, you know, wealthy and you want to invest in the program, again, spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll talk. We'll come up with some ideas. There's, I'm, sure, I'm sure some of those rich Dubai billionaires are downloading the show. Sure they are. Yeah, they can build spooky towers out there. Uh, if they can build those giant buildings, they can build one for us. All right, we are coming up. He can up. dream. He can dream. <laughs> I do dream. I dream big. All right, we'll be right back coming up in the second hour with more here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. Presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Foster. Welcome back, hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, and our guest in the Spooky Studio tonight is Luann Jolie. She's the author of Dead Whispers. Written under the name A.E. Angel. We'll get into that story coming up a little bit later on in the hour. We're also going to play some of the electronic voice phenomena clips that come with the book. How much is the book? Well, it's going cheaper on Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles, mm -hmm. but they have already sold out their supplies, so there is a little Excellent. bit of a wait. Um, you can still order it on shifferbooks.com, but that one is full retail price of nineteen ninety nine. But it's still a great deal because you're getting a book and a CD. So it's, uh, it's hours of both reading and listening fun. I think so. And uh, the good thing about, uh, about Google and Barnes & Noble is, you know, they, when they do sell out, they are pretty good about getting it pretty quickly. So just keep checking on the website and it should be back there. And, and you're going to find, too, that uh, as, as you know, more and more people are buying your book and listening to these EVP clips, you know, you're gonna, they're going to start sending you theirs and being like, well, what do you think? What do you hear from this? Uh, as, as anybody who, who does the work that you do, I'm sure, you know, being an investigator, you have lots of other investigators that ask for your opinions on things, but you know, you're going to get people sending you, you know, iPhone audio recordings, uh, and people being like, Oh, what's this? You know? So, uh, just be prepared to tell them that it's exactly what they think it is. That's what else can you do? All right. Well, before we get back into the discussion about dead whispers and about Luann's work, uh, let's check in with spooky South coast content director and, uh, and, podcast creator christopher balzano who has great news to share with us about the new spooky alternative 
Uh, good evening, Chris. How's it going? Good evening, Tim. How are you this evening? Oh, spooktacular. You know that. Now you've been you've been a busy guy this week. I I have. You know, and none of it involved uh, candy or uh, investigation. So uh, yeah, I've been typing away and recording away and. Uh, and get this up and running. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was finally able to officially get it launched, you know, last night with, uh, you know, you actually officially launching it by doing it the right way tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tricky when you start out doing one of these things. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and we have the technology to present some really good things. I just need to know what that technology is. And, and as the technology grows, hopefully, you know, Spooky South Coast can grow with it. Because we got wicked smart people once we know what we're doing. And... As I was saying at the beginning of the show, you know, this spooky alternative feed, uh, it, it's going to take you beyond just spooky South Coast. I mean, we, we had a lot of talk about whether or not to, to put them all out there in the same feed or whether or not to keep them separate. And and the good thing about spooky alternative is, you know, it's if you already subscribe to spooky South Coast, it's a companion piece. But if you don't like listening to spooky South Coast, it's something else that might uh, that might draw in your interest. And it's it's a little bit more. Raw. It's a little bit more of what the internet and, and podcasting is all about, right? And and you know it, it takes some of the uh, personalities that make up the the spooky family and puts them out there so that people can realize that you know when we go on air, when you especially go on air every week, it's not just you out there. There's a lot of people who uh, have helped to build the show and have helped to mold the show, and this mm-hmm. is kind of their way to hopefully get their voices and the amazing things that they're doing out there. Uh, and at the same time, for us to, you know, I mean, we, you know, Spooky Crossroads is an excellent example where, you know, there are things that come to your mind and things that come to my mind that a few people get to experience because I might be in the chat room. Um, but you have to hold some things back as a host. Well, these kind of shows, we can actually comment on what we thought about things. Not in a nasty way, although it sometimes gets nasty, but, you know, and kind of raise other issues that you couldn't necessarily raise with a with the guest there. So not having a guest on that show, although we, the first one that's up there is with a guest, um, allows us to kind of get into some other discussions that were sparked by it. So it's, you know, a lot of these shows are inspired by Spooky South Coast uh, or involve Spooky South Coast in some way, but, you know, they're their own entities as well. And and we made the decision here on, on the flagship program years and years ago uh, not to... Uh, com- you know, not to pull a ghost hunters where, you know, every single time we discuss electronic voice phenomena, for example, we feel the need to go back and take people right from the beginning and tell them exactly what EVP is, how it's captured, you know, the theories, the history. We decided to, to stop doing that and to stop assuming that our audience doesn't know what we're talking about and, and kind of take the discussion down a path of people who are already uh, enlightened to the subject matters that we're talking about. And with, with this spooky alternative, it allows us to go even deeper because we still have to kind of keep things somewhat rudimentary here on the air. But uh, with this concept, I, I just feel like we can really, really dig deeper into some of these topics. And like you said, sometimes the guests might be along for the ride. Sometimes they might not be. I guess my goal is that, um, you know, as people do you know, listen to certain shows, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we can get uh, Spirit Connections up there. We can get uh, some other shows up there that people are going to become faithful listeners to. Um, and then there's other shows that they're going to listen to that they're going to say, this was a, this is a really interesting thing, or this thing is like, no, I have no desire to this whatsoever. Uh, and so they're actually kind of, we are creating a buffet for them to kind of pick and choose what they want, which is right. why it is kind of separate from Spooky South Coast, because Spooky South Coast rocks every week. Um, Thank you for that. You're things that are going to be on why? Spooky Alternative are going to, to some degree, be, you know, pick and choose because you're not going to like uh, some of the stuff that's offered on, on one show and yet another show might be 
completely more of what you're into. Right, and and we already have a couple programs out there on the RSS feed. Again, uh, the RSS feed can be grabbed on SpookySouthCoast.com right at the top of the page. There's two. There's one for Spooky Alternative and one for Spooky South Coast proper. But there's also uh, there's going to be an iTunes release coming uh, in the next few days once they approve it. You know, God willing. <laughs> I can't imagine they would be. Like, they're going to look and see that you click the box that said that there may be profanities in these podcasts. And so that might warrant a little bit more of a further review, but uh, they're going to listen into what's up there already, I'm sure, which is we have the most recent episode of Spooky Crossroads, which we had Eric Altman joining us to, to get deeper into the subject of cryptozoology. And uh, then you also have a, a new feature that you debuted on there as well. Tell everybody about that. Uh, sure. It's called Voices from the Past. And, and the idea was to um, go into some of these interviews. You know, everyone loves a good ghost story. And when you read one, uh, and the one that's up there is an excellent example, when you read one, you're getting kind of a refined version of it. You know, you and I have talked about as, as, uh, as people who are collecting oral information, do you keep in things like dialect or do you keep in bad grammar or things like that? Um, this is the raw footage. So this is the raw information that I was given that I then kind of molded into whatever story might have been released to the public. Um, but this is people experiencing things. Um, in their own words, you know, relating their experiences in their own words, you really get to see, you know, not only how the story played out for them, but the emotions that they felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, a lot of times, you get to see kind of the casual tone. You know, these kind of things I can observe interviewing them and kind of let that help paint or create what I write about them. Uh, but you don't necessarily get that experience, or you might have a completely different aspect of the story having heard it now. You know, so it, it's, it's kind of interesting to, to just kind of go back and listen to some of these things and be like, oh, wow, that, this is what I wrote about it, and this is actually what the person said. Not that I got it wrong, but it's that, you know, they were really stressing this, but I stressed this because of, because of what I was looking at. So, you know, I think it's a really interesting way to investigate the paranormal or look into the paranormal a different way. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, um, you know no, no, no EVPs, uh, or EMF readings or any other things were gathered during the, the taking of these interviews. So it's really my kind of heart of the haunting to its nth degree. And and the good thing about it is, you know, as as we said, you know, it might not be for everybody, This the shows that are on Spooky Alternative, but there are a lot of people that are like, hey, I wish there was more Spooky South Coast during the course of the week. You know, you guys should be on five nights a week, and well, they'd have to pass a lot of money to do that. <laughs> Because, <laughs> they would, they would. Because right now, so we're doing, just going to rehash old crap and put it out there. Yeah, because right now, doing it for free, you know, it, it works one night a week. But uh, there, there'd be, probably be a pretty high price tag in having us do this five nights a week, especially when you consider, you know, the the wealth of information that we deal with just in a one week show, uh, and and how much we're <laughs> once a week show, and how much we're not able to get to uh, with each guest. So, this well, is, I think that Eric Altman interview is a really good example of that because we got into things in that discussion that probably wouldn't have been appropriate for the show, just in terms that we were challenging him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, you know, kind of, I mean, I, you know, not so much you, but I sparked the discussion with, I think that what you're saying is silly. Right. Um, and not in any disrespect to him, I just thought cryptozoologists were silly. Let's go from there. Convince me. And uh, Eric did an amazing job. After, after re-listening to that, I was like, huh, that's cool, dude. I'm not sure if I quite put my... Uh, my eggs in that basket, but he's an excellent spokesman for his uh, for his chosen uh, path. So uh, sign up for the RSS feed, Spooky Alternative, 
It's right there on SpookySouthCoast.com. And then once it's up on iTunes, please subscribe to it there as well. Uh, give the programs a listen and, and keep the subscription open. You know, sometimes you might not want to listen to some of the shows. You know, we're, you were talking, Chris, about having not only just one hour and two hour shows, but sometimes there might be little five, ten minute segments up there. And, and we want people to get in touch with us if if they want to supply some content, if they have ideas for shows. Some people shied away from the spooky TV, you know, camera in their face aspect of things. But this mm-hmm. is a perfect way to join the spooky family without having to uh, to put a camera on. You know, and there's a lot of really cool ideas that are on out there. Wouldn't it be great to, uh, in an unedited way, present some of those ideas? And people can then judge things, and then they can oftentimes look more into them. You know, like, right. uh, I, I hope that you have Spooky Alternative up on one part of your screen on your computer, and or listening to it on iTunes, and you're Googling away as, you, as you're hearing people talk. And, and that is the, the key part to it. It is unfiltered. It is uncensored. It is just, you know, the raw information there's there's no need to put on the radio filters uh that being said you know we don't want you to be a potty mouth either because nobody wants to listen to that unless it's the backyard podcast episode but uh <laughs> there's a there's just a a good way of you know opening up more uh when you know when you can drop a few of those into the discussion you know you feel like you're being a little bit more open and honest and, and so does the listener so should work out pretty great i'm very excited for this and i want to thank you for you know, starting this off for having this initiative and, and for providing the, the content for it. And hopefully we'll have uh, a lot of people signing up. They can email you, Balzano, at SpookySouthCoast.com if they want to put a show up. Yep, yep, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Or contact me through Facebook. However way you can get through to me, I'm out there. My info's out there. And uh, I'd say is if, uh, if this is indeed the end of days, then I want to be your soundtrack. There you go. And, and it's important to know, too, even if you don't have a full Even if it is the end of days, we still want to be your soundtrack. Absolutely. Because the end of days soundtrack was pretty good. But, but, uh, much better than the movie itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let the people get a hold of you. Even if they don't you know, have a fully formed idea yet and they just think they might have an interest, you know, get in touch with us. We can kind of flesh it out with you. We'll see if it's right. And, and if you want to go forward, uh, the opportunity is there. couldn't be any easier. All you need is a microphone and an idea. And, uh, you know, you don't even really need an idea. So there you go. Right, we can give you one of those. we got plenty. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris, for joining us, and thanks for setting this up. And we're looking forward to Spooky Alternative taking off and uh, and just helping us get bigger and better. And I'm looking forward to more Lou and Jolly, so rock there on. There you go. All right. Have a great night. You too, man. Bye-bye. Bye. That is our content director, Christopher Balzano, and the, the brains behind Spooky Alternative. He's kind of the brains behind everything. So he's the brains... We're the, just the voices. We just uh, do what he tells us. Well, we have the voices for radio. That's true. And we have the faces for it, too. Yeah. That being said, Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to see just how ugly we are. But, of course, we have the very beautiful Luann Jolie with us tonight. And uh, and we reference that uh, the book Dead Whispers, you did write it under a pen name, A.E. Angel. And that's a story that you shared with us in the beginning of Spooky South Coast, but that's uh, a lot of people have asked me, you know, how come you wrote it under uh, actually uh, one of our biggest fans, Chris, she asked me the other night why you wrote this book under a different name. And uh, I said that I would have you share that story with us again, because it is a very powerful story. Okay. Um, if you're comfortable sharing it. Well, I, I actually want to do fiction. Um, I'm working on some right now that have to do with the history of the area and um, some of them are based they're they're fictional twists of real things that I've experienced through life, through investigation EVPs that I've recorded just 
kind of all started coming together and gave me this excellent idea. But um, the AE angel name is something that I want to stick with for my adult work. Um, if I do ever get to the children's stuff, I will use my real name. It's a great children's And also name. it does help keep you separate as the fictional version of things and the investigator historical research side of things too. I guess you could say that. Um, but uh, back in the day when when I was young, um, I had, of course, had this long history with a negative entity. Um, but there were a lot of other things going on in my life, too, at the same time, which is probably why my vision of the paranormal is a little wider than most people's. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I had had a past life memory. Um, the school that I was in in this past life memory actually exists. It, it's in Rochester. Wow. Um, plus, I would keep having these dreams that, you know, sometimes they were nothing. It was just me sitting in school and seeing the the teacher write something on on the board. Um, sometimes they were worse things. When when I was about eight years old, and I I still wonder how I knew what it meant. Um, but the morning after I had this this strange dream, and all it was was just a, a tan background with a black splash on it. And the next morning, as I'm waiting for the bus, it, it just made me so sad remembering this dream. And I remember, actually, I had tears running down my, my face when the bus got to my house because something said in my head that my father was going to die before I turned 18. History repeats itself. And the funny thing is that history repeats itself is something that I've tried to keep in the back of my mind because if you don't watch out, you can make the same mistakes as your parents or their forefathers. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do have to kind of change as things go on in, in life. But um, later, it actually did happen, um, and it happened all at once. There were a ton of things going on in my life. My father was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and I was also seeing like my first true love that actually made a big difference in my life because a part of me, because it had been attacked for so long by this negative entity that just was relentless and would never go away, that was my dirty little secret that I could never tell anyone about. So they would you know, think I was crazy, lock me up. I didn't know what people would do if I told right. them what was happening to me, and I didn't want to chance that. Um, I probably about two weeks before the actual accident happened, I had this dream and it stuck with me because it was one of those dreams. I recognize them when I have them. And for some reason, I knew it was something familiar. It drove me nuts. The color of it was familiar, but it was just too jumbled. And about two weeks after the dream and the torture of trying to figure out what that dream was, um, And 19 days after my father had just passed away, we had a terrible car accident, myself and the person that I love called Leo. Um, And he actually died saving my life that night. Um, Right after the initial crash, when I actually, like, opened my eyes and saw what was in front of me, there was my dream. And I don't remember a lot of details about the accident because, of course, shock set in right Mm -hmm. there. And, um, you know, it, afterwards it, it meant something to me, you know, that, that it was a very sad time in my life. You know, I'd lost two very important men. But at the same time, something happened because it was like all through the times that 
I was with him, he kept putting me up on a pedestal and telling me how good I was and that I meant something. And I guess that was probably part of what brought the fight that later helped me to rid myself of this entity. It did take a long time because it did remain a dirty secret for a long time. I was very afraid to speak about it. When I finally did, that was when help was actually pointed in my direction and I was free. But um, the Eagles Angel name is actually Anne Eagles Angel because I, I do hold a lot of spiritual beliefs and um, it's just become apparent that he's still with me um, and that somewhere out there he's flying, he's waiting for me. And I imagine when I die that we'll be like eagles and we'll fly together and lock talons and whatever happens, happens. Because one of the last things that he told me um, was there are other worlds than these. And he believed that what you did on this earth and the good things that you did did make a difference for when you passed on. You you could go to a better world, a better life. And um, I kind of still do believe that because... Um, Part of it is because I do think spiritually what happens to us after we die does have something to do with what we believe in. I think a lot of the spirits that I've met that everyone's going to meet in Dead Whispers, um, some of them are afraid to cross on. Maybe some of them committed sins that they think there's going to be retribution for. Wouldn't you be afraid if you thought you were going to burn in hell for oh, all I, eternity? I'm very afraid. I would not cross over if that's what I... I'd stay here. At least I know what's here, you know. And there's a lot of other things. There's emotional attachments and, you know, things like that. But um, I had gone on for a very long time in my life hoping beyond hope that wherever Leah was, he was in one of those better worlds, and um, I never really had contact with him, and I believe, you know, part of it is because he didn't want to affect my life. He didn't want me to know that he was out there because he knew that I would attach to him, and I wouldn't live a full life, which is what he wanted for me, so... Mm -hmm. Um, but at one point in my life, I was actually seeing someone who was a terrible cheater. And, you know, I think every woman out there has probably gone out with one, and it was my mistake. But I had no clue. He was good at it, called me every day, you know, I love you. And Leo didn't want it to go on. Leo left his name across that guy's face. I took a picture of him and, you know, people can say that maybe it's cigarette smoke or something, but smoke doesn't fall down. It it rises and I never smoked in that house if I did smoke it was outside on the patio or in bad weather I would go in the back kitchen with the window open so there was someone smoking there and you tell me how it made the name Leo um so that it, it was a big change to me and that's part of when I became an eagle's angel was there because it all my ever since he had died I I just I knew I had to live a good life and little things like just if I saw something beautiful I would always kind of like try to send the picture to him like wherever he was we're we're still somehow attached and everything that I do in my life is actually trying to be good enough to make up for what he gave up for me so the angel's eagle name is actually very important to me to keep that and to always remember no matter what I'm doing where I'm at that what matters to me 
and those little things are very important, mm -hmm. you know, and the paranormal is very important to me, too. You know, I feel that's where I belong. And I think that because that is such a centering force in your life and has kind of been a guiding hand for you and a guiding approach for you, I think that's why you've been able to make these connections. Like I say all the time, you know, there's a number of paranormal investigators that I know who are very good at capturing evidence and they're very good at getting spirits to respond. You're very good at getting spirits to connect, which I think is completely different. I think that when you go and, and we've heard it here right on this show, when you've investigated Anawan rock for us and, and some of these other cases that we've worked with you on, like at the Quickishan club, you make these connections with the spirits that I think a lot of other people either couldn't be bothered to, to try to do or just can't do. And I think that because you see that there is more to just this world, uh, it allows you to almost have one foot in both sides and, and to be that beacon for them. So when you, when you say that, you know, you're, a, you're a, a ghost magnet, which, you know, we've discussed in the past that, you know, they are constantly around you. I think that it's not so much that they're coming to you. I think it's more that you are there for them. I try to be, and that's part of our approach, too. When, when Gabby's active on the team, it's almost like we play the good cop, bad cop in mm -hmm. a way, and I kind of go in, which sometimes we kind of have to work it out a little bit differently with depending who's available for investigations, but I go in, yes, you're all here, I'm talking with you, I'm interacting, I'm giving you my attention, and Gabby will kind of play the bad cop and, and know they're not here, and I'm being technical about this. And, you know, but at the same time, sometimes we combine and we're both good cops or we're both bad cops. It kind of depends on the case, but that way you've got almost like that defining force behind what we do on being more open because if you don't have any control at all, someone being the skeptic then you can't say that anything that we've gotten is legitimate and that there's a lot of people out there who think that investigating the paranormal and trying to communicate with the dead is disrespectful to them and there's a lot of people who think that it is um you know farcical almost to some degree and i would invite any of those people to read dead whispers and to to see what you do on an investigation and realize that your group in particular it couldn't be any further from the truth to think that that there couldn't be a better way of honoring these people uh, than the way that you interact and communicate with them, as opposed to myself, who just goes in there and yells at them a whole bunch. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing, though, too, is we find the more that we cater to them and try to be sensitive, which there are spirits that we're not nice to, of course, either, because there are spirits out there that just aren't nice. Right. Um, but, you know, some of these, like, when when you read the part about Sarah Cornell, I cannot imagine anyone provoking that poor girl. If if she's there and she's aware, that is one tortured soul because she went down hard. She was dragged and raped and strangled and beaten and left as a suicide hanging in what's now Kennedy Park. It was actually the Durfee Farm at the time. And when you hear that, which actually I think the screamer is one of the samples, oh. those screams were over all of our voices. And I actually had to like de-amplify it quite a few times, bring that sound level down just so it didn't distort. She is in terror. Well, you know, and I can't blame her. Her screams were reported for like 45 minutes. And don't ask me why no one helped her, but 
you know, they're, they're, that kind of a spirit, you just can't treat that any other way but gently. So in, in the capturing of, of that EVP, I mean, kind of explain to us the situation, and then I'll play it for everyone. Okay. Well, the screamer is what we call it, and it took us a very long time to actually find Sarah. Um, we were in an undisclosed mill location in Fall River, um, and we were actually just setting up. I had set my recorder down, and we were talking about where we were going to set up you know, our equipment and which areas we were going to cover. And as we're talking, these screams just come in over us. And at first we thought that it may have had to do with a mill fire that occurred close by because they are just so blood curdling. But at the end, there's a man and he says, who are you? Leave. And he's demanding. So it reminds me of what he may have said if like while he was murdering Sarah, someone walked upon like this is none of your business. Get out of here. But um, Debbie actually found a book um, and I think it's like a collection of Fall River is the name of it or something. And it describes what happened to Sarah. And um, I actually wish that I had had more information on her when I wrote Dead Whispers because I say, and it is part of the record that she was accused of unladylike behavior, um, but I think that was more of a tactic in court to get the reverend off because yeah, it sure. was a reverend who killed her. And to the point where the people, the public, was so upset over him getting away with this crime that they tried to lynch him several times in several different places. Wow. Um, there's um, actually an inscription off of Sarah's stone that really will bring tears to your eyes. Um, but the whole country stood behind Sarah because people came from everywhere to come and honor her at her stone. Well, we are going to play this clip for you right when now. When did it occur, just for people's... 1832. Okay. She was 30 years old when she died. She was born in 1802, poor Sarah. We're going to play this for you, and if you're listening with headphones, <laughs> be aware because uh, this is – and you can tell when when you hear the investigators talking, you know, if, if this was an audible sound, there would be some kind of reaction to it because you couldn't help but react. So here we go. Uh, this is the screamer. It's going to play once, and then it's going to loop at the end. And because I said that now, it's not playing. Awesome. It's the haunted, spooky South Coast station. It's all right. I'm going to play it this way. Whoa! Did it to me again. <laughs> all right. Well, while uh, while we uh, try another method, uh, we'll, I mean, if you can give us a little bit more of the of the story of Sarah. I mean... Uh, I think my microphone's falling apart. <laughs> that's okay. It's, you might have to hold it by hand. Uh, just a little bit more of her story, I mean, about who she was, uh, because it's it's one of those... Can you also tell us who who were the people that were in there with you? You don't have to give whole names, but how many people were in the building at the time? Uh, Gabby and I and another team that is now defunct, yeah, that but you how know, many, they yeah, get sued but, and everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was trying to get a number of people that would be there. So uh, the chances of somebody else hearing it, in, in oh, other right. words... Uh, Crystal, Gabby, and I, I think they had four members or about seven of us, and we were all in the same room at the time. So everybody was gathered in Yeah, we room. basically had all our equipment bags in there and, you know. So, 
seven people approximately all gathered in one room and this is a large mill building yes fall river which those are anywhere from four to six floors tall generally yeah depending upon probably i think four okay and we were actually in like a smaller room towards the entrance so okay now, is there any other pieces of information that we should know about? Did you have any other activity happening that night that wasn't EVP related? Like, Yeah, actually, that's the same night. Um, we were down a long hallway, and um, we were actually going to leave and go back downstairs to do another EVP session. And the girls were actually way ahead of me, and I just was getting one of my weird stupid spidey sense feelings and I kind of stopped and when I stopped I just kind of stood there to feel it out and I swear I heard something whisper behind me so I turned around I just you know took a few shots with my camera and in that picture which is actually in dead whispers there's an apparition which in the first picture it looks like he's strolling out into the hallway because one arm you can actually see out in front of him and then in the next picture his arms are up like one's out straight and one's up over his head like he's waving at me so he moves position um during that time and I know it's not my shadow they weren't shining lights behind me and he's kind of small and childlike and right about the same time that I was taking those pictures I got one of the EVPs that is on the CD Nathaniel Hall so I think he is Nathaniel Hall, and he probably was a child laborer. Okay. All right, I think I think we have a, a way of being able to play this now, so hang on. I have a couple of methods up here. We'll see if we can get it to go. Method one, fail. <laughs> <laughs> see, I made sure that these all worked. Uh, on my home computer, but just once we came in here, they didn't work. All right, we'll try this method now. Now, what do you think is being said there at the end? Who are you? And then leave. And, and, and he was very demanding about that. It definitely sounds like that. And, and it's... It's very creepy to hear, and I can only imagine what it was like for you to hear it back on review since nobody heard it there in the room at the time. That one almost blew me out of my chair because, like I said, I had to bring those scream levels down, and I think if I could bring it down just a little bit lower, I almost think there's no stop it and more like words embedded in the screams, but there's distortion there, and I think... Do as little as possible to my EVPs. All of the EVPs that you hear are only amplified. There's no hiss removal, no noise removal, nothing. They're they're plain EVP that has not really been messed with a lot. 
Um, I do, for my own listening purposes, use those. You know, I have them, and mm -hmm. sometimes it helps me to understand the words, but I really don't like to mess with the sound quality of it. Well, one thing that you did mess with is you took some of our uh, favorite EVPs out of Lizzie Borden's <laughs> and you turned them backwards, and uh, and what a difference it, it makes. Uh, now, there's one here uh, that we could play the original version, but it has a word that's not suited for radio, and I did try to upload a uh, cleaner version. So let's we'll see if we can get that one to play. And this is a, a very famous one that we played here on the show numerous times. I'll take my legs up again. So that was when I was asking the spirit to lift my legs up at Lizzie Borden's, and it told me to. That one made me laugh when I heard it. <laughs> yeah, made you laugh. Made me a little bit uh, feel a little bit different than that. But uh, you you were able to reverse that and and got something very interesting uh, out of that, and, and something that also equally sends a shiver down my spine. So we'll play that one. And what is it that people are hearing there? We want more information. And when I heard it, I heard almost, I want more information. Uh, so we'll play it again here on the loop. And he wants it. He's demanding. That's, that's how I feel about that one. And it makes me think that uh, anybody that knows my theory about Lizzie Borden's knows that I think that there's something there that's not the Borden's and is a little bit uh, more angry and, and, and negative uh, than just what went on. Well, it beat you up and burned my face, so we ought to know there's a little yeah. more something in there. And and even some of the anecdotal stories that we have coming out of there, just just little you know throwaway stuff that happened to us during the course of investigations that it's... It just adds up to the bigger puzzle. I remember when we were doing that investigation and you went outside for a cigarette and I went outside with you and you were just pointing your digital thermometer around and uh, your infrared thermometer around and, and checking the ambient temperature of the air. And we had that one weird cold spot right outside uh, one of the windows. You know, just little strange things like that that all kind of add up. Yeah, and, I think it was 80 degrees out that night. And then that one spot was like in the 20s or the 30s. It was like 32. Which, you know, even if there was an air conditioner there, which there wasn't, you know, air conditioners blow out warm air. The only thing the that I'm not sure about that was if it was possibly out of range, but I was pointing it all over the place mm -hmm. and not getting anything except that one spot. It was just that one, one spot. spot. And that one spot's been told to me with people who are uh, sensitive to things that, uh, that that's where there's a portal. Where's that spot you're aiming? You know the side porch that you can see when yeah. you come up the driveway? Yeah. I was out there because I think it was sprinkling out, if I remember. So I was hiding under the overhang to, yeah. you know, gotcha. smoke the cancer stick. And uh, right, like, above there, and I believe there was, like, a window. It's right over the uh, closed it. bathroom. Gotcha. You know, the <laughs> the one that we use? I gotcha. <laughs> so uh, there, that's just one example of... Uh, what happens when you reverse some of these EVPs and and reverse EVP is something that uh, a lot of people are are getting into uh, lately. They're they're taking not only are they taking just basic recordings and turning them around and finding things in them, but they're taking actual EVP recordings and turning them around and finding new messages in them. And and you were saying before we started the show that you don't think that human 
voices necessarily come through uh, reverse? I've played with them a lot, and I don't reverse them all the time. Um, but over the years, there have just been certain ones that struck me funny, and I would do it here and there and say, oh, wow, how is that possible? Um, but at the same time, I'd say, well, you know, I'm pretty sure this one is a human spirit. Let me see if this one reverses. And I would turn it around, and it would just be blump, blump noise, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I went as far with those two particular EVPs that you have tonight, the Lizzie Borden ones. I did my best impression of both of them speaking into a recorder and then reversed it. And, I mean, it's noise. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And it's still to... To me, it blows my mind because I can't give you any explanation. At least with an EVP, I can say, well, I think there was a ghost there. But how do you take what some type of spirit said and completely reverse it and have it say something that clearly? I mean, we want more information. Any sounds hostile about it. Not not only is it clearly spoken, but it's it almost uh, it, it fits into the narrative of what's going on. And I think he met meant it both things i think he was telling you off and he was stating i want more information like he'd love to go after you he wants more information about you he's going to show up at your house with no he's you not know, <laughs> you know what i mean that that was how i took it it's almost like if i get more information i'm going to use that kind of type deal well one of the other uh, famous clips that came out of there is the one that we believe is lizzie borden's voice herself and and we'll play that for you right now And we think that that's Lizzie saying, you know, but I'm a good guy. And I, I can tell you that every time I play that for people, I just did a presentation last week on, on Lizzie Borden and, and Amityville. And when I play that for people, they just, you know, the, there's emotion that rises up in them because it's either Lizzie saying she did it but she's a good daughter or she couldn't have done it because she's a good daughter. But either way, you know, she wants us to remember that part of it. But when you reverse it, you hear something completely different. And so. I did. I believe that was Lizzie for a long time. When did we record that? 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. So I think it was August of 07. Yeah. So uh, w here's the backwards version. Now that is pretty clear. Uh, but why don't you tell everybody what's being what said? What blows there? my mind about that one is... It's so clear, and it still has that Victorian accent to it. How did that ever happen? It's it's you know it's almost like, um, it's almost like it's being imprinted at the same time in both directions. That's the only way I can think of it. Is it's not that it's take what but I said and reverse it. But is it the truth? It. Knowing that there's probably a negative type spirit in that house, can we believe anything it tells us as truth? That's, I, we have I don't to, think you can you know throw it out the door and I also think that these things would like to have you think the worst about the Bordens because the more that I read about the Bordens I don't think Andrew was all that bad of a guy right. um, a lot of people are familiar with him being um, an undertaker and a carpenter and building coffins I bet not a lot of people Landlord. know that the indigent were buried by Mr. Borden. If there was an indigent person in Fall River who could not afford burial, who made them a coffin and who saw to them being buried? Andrew Borden did, you know. And I, I 
can't help but keep picking at this case. It's kind of near and dear to my heart. And the more I read, you know, Lizzie was a member of the Congregational Church. Whenever they had a social, who was it that did the beautiful flower arrangements and decorated and did all the work and oversaw that, you know? And she's accused of murder, this demure, polite woman who made beautiful flower arrangements and had an eye for beauty and a father who buried the indigent. Well, you can argue the same thing about Ted Bundy, who was a doctor and you know <laughs> did all kinds of philanthropic things. True. Well, what's, yeah. what's, uh, what's interesting here is that we, we think that what you're hearing is uh, it's saying my daughter was raped. So uh, we'll play that again on the loop and people can hear that. So could that be Abby Borden? Possibly. Or could it have been Sarah Moss, the real mother? Can I just yeah. a little director's note? Can you go to the wide shot? That close shot's creeping me out while I'm sorry. <laughs> this is where I left. I, while I'm playing these clips, I'm already creeped enough, and like I'm like, oh my god, I'm looking over my own shoulder. <laughs> so I, that I mean that one fascinates me. Uh, for sure, knowing for so long how much we've talked about those clips in forward, and now to hear them in reverse and to hear a totally new, uh, totally new way to take what was happening there. Here's another one too uh, to our destination called Bob, Bob, Bob. This uh, this one is a very interesting one, both forward and backward. Uh, wh- where was this captured? That's actually it's an undisclosed location in Fairhaven, um, but it it's so close to one of those interesting pieces of land that has a super fun site right next to it, um, and we just we got some great EVP out of there. Um, at the same time, we were also investigating during the time of those really massive solar flares that we were having last year. And the EVP out of that place, I can't wait for you to hear it because you're going to be like, we have to do a show on those. Um, <laughs> they're intense. They're loud. I mean, the the headphones were practically popping off of my ears for some of these. And this is one of those really, really just clear ones that we got out of there. And I, for a while, we were joking about Bob being the interdimensional taxi cab driver or something because of the wording of it. And then it was like, oh, we got to turn this one around. And it's like now it's using a prison term. And it's clear, you know, listen to that stuff. So here comes the forward version of the clip. Now, what what are people hearing there? I hope that they're hearing to our destination called Bob, Bob, Bob. Now, the funny thing is, is forwards, it says Bob three times. When you play it reverse, which you'll hear the loop of it forward first. Now, Bob is a palindrome. It should be pronounced the same forward as it is backwards. But four times in the reverse, when you listen to the reverse, count those Bobs. How did it get four Bobs out of that? Well, here's here's the forward on on Now we'll play it backwards for people. Now what's what's it saying? Bob, 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 Bob shivved the girls. And he really pronounces shift. L- list, yeah. We'll, we'll play loop. that on the loop. Bob, 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 Bob
Creepy stuff. Well, uh, that's uh, that's going to keep you up tonight if you're listening <laughs> live here on the show. Uh, we are uh, we're running short on time. We only have uh, about six minutes left in the show. Uh, we do have a, a couple other ones here, and we have that one that you had mentioned uh, that you captured um, at Fort Tabor too. So, uh, wh- which one do you think we should leave people with uh, before we go? What do you got? Uh, we've got the Fort Tabor one. We've got uh, Stitch in Time Saves Nine. We've got Entity, and we've got Hello Hello Tara. Entity is pretty creepy. So is Stitch in Time. Entity's you... pretty quick. We can play that one. Yeah. Okay. Not welcome here. That's not you just hear that little voice in the background. Who who was it that you were speaking to? Um, I was actually speaking to that nasty thing that was in my house that was whipping things around that really needed to go and so I this was actually believe, in your house? Yes, that's right in my house where I'm living now. Um and the little voice that you hear I actually think is a child spirit who's been with me a long time and her name is Emily. I tell you a little bit about her in the book, but I think she's actually been with me since I was a child because there was a lot going on back then. Well let's hear Emily one more time. <clears throat> Not only is it very uh, pronounced, but it's very clear, and uh, it does definitely sound like a child's voice. And I think we can squeeze in Stitch in Time, too. (laughs) That sounds also like it's another child voice. Was this also in your home? No, that's actually, you guys know this house, but it, it's the Wicked Haunted House in Akushina, a good friend of ours. That uh, yes. that oh, house. yeah. Oh, we talk about it publicly. Yeah. We can, we can, yeah. we can. Well, I never feel comfortable with that because I, I feel like part of my job is to protect the people right. that I work with. So, I mean, I know she actually did give me permission to put the name and I just couldn't do it. Did you pick it. that up on the third floor? Uh, yes. Yeah. All right, we'll play it on the roof. It's actually a shame that the motorcycle that you hear at the end went by because there's more embedded in there and I just, the motorcycle ruins it. I I almost think there was some kind of message in that. That might have also been part of the energy though that helped it manifest too. So uh, there you go. There are just some of the clips that Can are Can I hear included. what happened at Fort Tabor? Which one? Um, we literally have like two minutes. Uh, do, you oh. think, do you think it's quick? Yeah. Yeah, okay. go ahead. definitely hear it when it comes in reverse so so forward we're hearing forward i'm hoping that you're hearing um i'm in the history of poke park which is actually a place in a cushionette where i grew up and backwards why you stand in there so we'll do it real quick 
Creepy stuff for sure. That's right in the main fort building. Nice. That place was wild. That whole night was just and great EVP. I got <laughs> called uh, the A word. Well, actually, I had put that one up, and I kind of tend to think it's an EVP because I think I would have heard the rest of his sentence just as clearly because I put it up on the Facebook on on Tim's Facebook for him. And David Francis came on and he said, you know, I actually was in the other room when you guys were over there and I called somebody an a-hole because I had cut my finger on the glass. And he said he said a sentence like somebody's an a-hole for leaving the glass. Um, he wasn't there when, with the original recording, though. Are you sure? Because um, then I have that clip too, when it is an EVP of something calling you. Well, because a-hole. Mike Not Markowitz also time, had it, got it in real time, as did John Brightman. Yeah, because I heard that one in real time too. But the thing was, there was nothing else. It was just that one word, and um, you know, I don't know. I didn't think Dave was well, with us. We'll have to look into that one a little further because we were just about out of time. So wow. thank you, Luann, for joining us. The book is called Dead Whispers. It's uh, it's out now. It's coming out. It's going to be hitting the bookshelves, uh, and, and you'll keep us up to date with all the uh, book signings that you'll be doing in the area. I sure will. And uh, definitely check out uh, Amazon and, and reserve it now for when they get more in, and uh, keep looking for it in the stores as well. It's called Dead Whispers. It comes with the CD. It's a, it's a great book, and it's a great story, and it's a great way to really hear some prime EVP clips. So uh, be sure to check that out, and of course you can follow along with Luann on Facebook. She has the Dead Whispers page on Facebook, so uh, make sure you like that page so you can know everything that's going on. All right, that does it for this week's show. We will be back next week. Uh, So until then, for Chris Balzano, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, we want you all to stay spooktacular.